Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Lloyd Colin. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Man, you and all three names there. I appreciate it. I um, hope I have no stalkers, but yeah, I'm great, man. <laughs> it's good. It's Friday Eve. Friday Eve. That means it's Thursday for all the people that are uh, looking at their calendar trying to figure out what holiday it is. It is the Eve of Friday. It is, in fact, Thursday. And it's Thursday in the middle of June with really not a whole lot going on for the Miami Dolphins or the NFL in general. In fact, the NBA playoffs are going on. Baseball is in full swing. Hockey just ended last night, and football is just kind of hanging around, waiting for everybody to look at its pretty, pretty face again. So uh, we are officially in the dead zone uh, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins and the NFL, which means this is a zombie podcast, because since we're in the dead zone, we are still alive and breathing on some sort of level here, Chris. Uh, we're going to talk Miami Dolphins, whether people like it or not, whether you listen or not, this is uh, this is the time for us to do it. So uh, first things first, as we always do here, Chris, our citizens of Perfectville, what we call the listeners, are by far uh, the main reason why we do this show, because they're just hilarious. And as always, they give us uh, five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, as well as other mediums. Uh, I'm going to read one here on Apple Podcasts. Um, this comes from FinFans number one. It says, Above Average Finns Podcast, five stars, which is kind of odd because on this rating scale that we have here at Apple Podcasts, five stars is by far the best you can do. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's clearly above average. I believe above average would be like four stars or maybe even three, depending on uh, how you lower your bar. But anyway, I digress. Uh, this is maybe the longest uh, review we've ever had here, Chris. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Again, by fin, Finns fan number one. Funny. Cutting-edge graphics. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole review. We are apparently an above-average Finns podcast, which gets us five stars. Uh, and we are funny and have cutting-edge graphics. So, what could he mean by that? Like I, our our logo? I guess. I suppose. I mean, we're not known for... I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Joe Troya, JT, who does our graphics, is a fantastic oh, yeah. graphic artist. But uh, we don't like send out uh, new graphics all the time. So I'm not quite sure. Cutting-edge. Yeah. No, no idea what's going on there. It's but, a cartoon uh, of a brown paper bag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe he's just like he doesn't understand words <laughs> and like what they mean. That could like, be that could above be the average, issue. five stars, cutting edge in his brain. He's like fucking decent, I guess. But yeah, I mean, thank you, Finns fan number one. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we we appreciate you. You have cutting edge reviews, review I, skills. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we we really do appreciate it. And um, with that said, Chris, anything else you want to talk about here on this episode of? <laughs> I'm, just fix- I'm just picturing coming home with like a letter from my teacher, and it's like, Chris, really, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, did decent in class. Uh, good luck next year. A plus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. My parents will be like, com- completely confused. Yeah, you drew a line down the side of the F and turned it into an A. You liar. 
But uh, no, it's uh, whatever. I mean, we got our five star. I, mean, I think maybe he just sort of likes us, but really likes the idea of getting an Aronde Bagston, which would be our graphics. Mm-hmm. So that's why he gave us five star rating and a review. I bet you that's well, what it is. Well, and you asked if I had something to talk about. I actually did. I saw something yesterday on Twitter, and man, I got to say, I'm loving this first round pick of Christian Wilkins more mm-hmm. and more uh, this last week. Let me tell you a little bit about what happened. So I went to Clemson, South Carolina wow. uh, for my son. He had a football camp with Dabo Sweeney. Dabo, uh, cool side note, he is called Dabo. He didn't find out his name was actually William until the third grade. He is called Dabo because his older brother was 18 months old and had a speech impediment and with a Alabama accent was saying that boy. But uh, as you can – yeah, Dabo, Dabo right there, Dabo right there. So they called him Dabo. So that's fun little fact for you. Another fun fact about Clemson, South Carolina, that's all they have. Um, we got off the exit and it's your classic Wendy's uh, Waffle House uh, Outback Steakhouse and like random like quick stops off the interstate and then you just drive for like I don't know 11 miles I think it was off the interstate uh, into Clemson South Carolina and we knew that's all they had the football team and, and the university when we got into city limits and they had orange paw prints paved into the asphalt um, that's it so we got to the school I said fuck it let's go uh, his camp didn't start till Saturday we got there early Friday so let's go check out the campus uh, my son has said he wanted to go there. He wants to play there. So let's see. So we get to the stadium. I said, fuck it. I'm going to park. So I kind of like parked literally right in front of the stadium. We uh, got out. I was going to just ask for forgiveness and not instead of permission. And just we walked around, took some pictures. We got to see the the rock, Howard's Rock. Really cool views of the stadium. And then up on the huge stadium is this massive picture of the 2018 National Champions with who would have guessed it, number 42, holding the trophy for Clemson ah. last year, which is none other than our first-round draft pick out of all the players, Christian Wilkins. So I thought that was really neat. Took a picture. Um, and then I saw yesterday, Sam, on Twitter, um, he threw the first pitch at the Marlins game. I saw that. I, we, we've seen some first pitches, man. This guy had the shrug, the entire stance. I, I guarantee you he pitched at one time or another in his life because uh, it looked good. It, even like his, he did the whole back and show the ball to the center fielder. Like any pitcher that grew up in Little League knows that's how you, you're supposed to like start your wind up. And he guns a fastball right down the fucking middle. I mean, there's no 50 cent throwing it into the fourth row, hitting a grandma. Christian Wilkins just buzzed it in there, and uh, then he goes immediately for, like, the jump chest bump for the guy who had nothing to do with it. He wanted nothing to do that, with that. That was my favorite part. He's a catcher yeah. with bad knees. He's like, I'm not jumping, and you're humongous. Fuck, Fuck that. You're I will huge. just – I will see you when you come back down to earth. That's what yes. uh, that catcher did there. I, I, so, I, that was my favorite part of watching that clip. He's like, nope, not doing it. I don't yeah, give a shit. Nope, the fuck out of there. Like, no, <laughs> professional athlete. Didn't matter. Um, yeah, so I thought that was cool. Cool experience this last week. Made me really like this guy. Uh, a lot of guys saying good things on the team, too, about his uh, progression already in camp. So I, I just think we nailed that pick. Yeah, and I want to say welcome to Sweeneyville, home of your first place, Dabo, uh, whatever, because that was a lot of information there. But that was cool. I saw some pictures of your kid uh, with the National Championship trophy uh, telling him that he wanted to play for him one day. That was uh, that must have been a fun experience for Mr. Zachary Thomas. And, uh, you know, if uh, Dabo didn't understand that his name was actually William until he was in third grade, I got him beat. I didn't know his first name was William until right now when you told me that. So, uh, <laughs> I was got, today years old. Yeah, I was today years old when I found out that his first name was actually William. Uh, so there you go. And you know what? I, I don't have any issues with Clemson. In fact, they beat 
Alabama, who I hate because of a certain head coach named Nick Saban. So I uh, I applaud all of their efforts and them winning, and congratulations, and give them all uh, all the uh, all the credit in the world. For, they uh, for they beat that. them bad too, and exactly. Sam, it's so funny. They're so proud of that. It's hilarious, uh, especially as an anti-Alabama guy because of the same thing. Nick Saban. Plus, they're like the Patriots of college football. Um, we walk into the basketball arena to kind of get the camp started or whatever, and they just have that thing on a loop on the gigantic screen of the uh, Titantron, as you will, in the basketball stadium over the uh, over half court, and it's just playing highlights. Over and Good. over of that beatdown, it's Good. like it was just fantastic. I'm just sitting there with this football boner, watching the entire time. Look, I just did the exact same thing with the Miami Miracle. I just went on our uh, uh, Perfectville Pod, at, you know, at Twitter. You can find us Perfectville Pod, and I just retweeted NFL UK the Miami Miracle once again because why the hell not? I mean, why Kevin not? Drake yeah. just running 50 yards with everybody. You know what's interesting about that play, Chris? I just went back and rewatched that. Obviously, there are a couple of of uh, defenders there that had a clear clear um, path to tackle Kenyon Drake, but they did not take that lateral play seriously until he turned the corner and he was about 30 yards out. At that point, you can see them start to turn the afterburners on and go, oh shit, this is a problem. And by then it was too late because he was already at maximum Kenyon Drake at that point. But when Kenyon Drake first gets the ball, uh, there's a guy that was right around Devontae Parker, and I don't know who it was in terms of uh, the player, um, but he just kind of watched it. It was very interesting. Like that play should have never, for a bunch of reasons, should have never, you know, scored a touchdown. But I was watching that again and went, oh, wow. I mean, it wasn't just crazy play design and execution. Of course it was, but it was also the New England Patriots just standing around going, ah, somebody else will do it. I mean, I was, I, I didn't pick that up live or the first few times I watched that after it, it just happened, but watching it right now, I just realized how lucky the Miami Dolphins were that the New England Patriots were just lazy on that last play. I mean, I was surprised at the lack of discipline uh, that they showed on that last play from a New England Patriots team. Well, it's a classic uh, it's a classic just psychology 101 uh, learning about the mob mentality. Uh, I remember learning about it in college where it's like, you know, if it's a crowded hallway and somebody f- trips and falls, no one will usually jump out to help the person because they they think someone else will. Um, but you're more likely to help the person up if you're walking in a hallway by yourself with that person that fell. Um, it, it feel it felt like that watching the play. It's like there's 11 players on the field. They're like, and eh, someone's gonna make this tackle. It's a yeah. fucking hail mary. No one laterals to an in- oh shit he scored. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it, just watching it back. And I've noticed that too. It's just someone else is gonna do it. It's 11 guys. I mean, there's no way they score. This never happens. And that was a huge part of why it, in fact, did happen. Well, and speaking of someone else is going to do it, since it is the slow time, that is the dead zone for all things NFL news, uh, we don't have a lot of content for you guys this week here on Perfectville. Uh, we're open about it. We, we understand that you're probably re- listening to this right now going, well, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is we're going to take a play, page out of the New England Patriots playbook on that last play against the Miami Dolphins, and we're just going to let somebody else do it. And what I mean by that is I'm going to go onto my Google machine right now, Chris, and I'm going to type in Miami Dolphins, and I'm going to hit enter. Bam, just hit enter, and we're going to see what pops up. We're going to see what everyone else is talking about when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. Now, I have three headlines that have come up here today, Chris. This is what we're going to look at. Number one, Miami Dolphins news on June 13th, which is today. Josh Rosen, comma, the wild card. That's from the Finsider. That was posted 14 hours ago. Number two, breaking down the contenders in Dolphins running back competition. This came from USA Today, the Dolphins Wire, 11 hours ago. And, 
Well, the U.S. Open just started in golf. Tiger Woods, of course, won the Masters earlier this year. Uh, this is a headline that I never thought I'd see, but it says Tiger Woods X, Ellen Nordegren, expecting child with former NFL player. Now, again, I typed in Miami Dolphins. Mm. So the fact that Tiger Woods' ex-wife is apparently knocked up by a former NFL player and the fact that the search is the Miami Dolphins tells me that this player at some point was on the Miami Dolphins. And I'm curious as to who that is. So which one? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess who it is before we get started, because I want to go with that one first. OK, I'm going to guess Donnie Spragan. Donnie, John, <laughs> Donnie Spragan, the linebacker that was formerly with the Denver Broncos, <laughs> has knocked up Ellen Nordigan. Former. I, just, I, I just tried to find the most obscure. Other, it was either him or Brock Forzy. Like that, that's that's what I was going to go with. Former Dolphin. Wow, you're not going to guess who this is. Oh, did you find it? Really? I, give me, I did. Okay, find so it. give me some hints. Like okay. maybe uh, era or uh, it, year. How many? How many years okay. was he a starter? Perfect. Okay, so he was a starter. Mm. He was a starter within the last five years on wow. offense. Oh. Oh man, he, he was not a longtime Miami Dolphin. Mm. Was he a lineman? No. Okay. Oh shit. It's got to be like a. It's definitely got to be like a skill player. More like most likely a. Use the word skill loosely, of course. Let's just <laughs> say this: he, he he was a better player, not uh, while not a member of the Miami Dolphins. That's the way it always is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh shit. Uh, let's see. Not with us long. Last five years was a starter. Um. Boy, I'm drawing a huge blank here. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Did he like? Was he like an all-time starter, or did he like start a game? No. He he was a starter for the amount of time that he was with us. This is like guess who? We should just be playing guess yeah. who right now. Yeah. yeah. So. So he was a starter for the time. He was signed with the intention of being a starter. The expectation of the coaching staff, the fans, and everyone else is that he was a starter. He did not play like a starter. He was not an offensive lineman. Uh, he was here for a short amount of time. He's still relatively young, but no longer in the NFL. Mm, wow, this is this is interesting. Okay, so I guess I got to try to break it down by position. So was it was it a tight end? Yes. Oh boy. Oh man. And it wasn't your buddy Stonebreaker or whatever his name is. No, nope, nope. Um, Although right around the same era. Okay, right around the same era. Tied. Oh, uh, God, uh, what's the guy from Denver? Julian, no. Julie, Julius Thomas. That is incorrect. Shit. Tight end. Five years. Ooh, this is interesting. Hmm. And it wasn't. Uh, no, not him. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the name of the Agnew, Michael Agnew. <laughs> if Michael Agnew uh, was able to do anything outside of Miss Blocks, um, I would be surprised. No, it was not. So, it wasn't freaking Agnew. So he he was signed, not drafted. <laughs> he was signed. Ooh, signed. And it wasn't Julius Thomas. Wow. No, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. Was it the Philbin era? Uh, you know, this, see, this is where I'm not good. This is where somebody like Travis mm-hmm. Wingfield would be able to know. Um, <laughs> but he, he was either late end, uh, Philbin or early part of, um, Adam Gase. God, right now there's someone that knows and they're, they're so pissed. Screaming. I'm not, they are so mad that I don't know this. Uh, shit, man. Fuck it. Hit me, hit, hit me with the, uh, with the answer. I, I don't know. Okay, I'm usually so good with these. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple more clues here. Uh, okay. Before, yeah, yeah. before being with the Miami Dolphins, he was with the Cleveland Browns. 
man. Why am I drawing a fucking blank here? There is a defensive player in the NFL that has the same name as him, but in reverse. Oh, man. Jeez. You're killing me. I almost said Brandon Marshall, but it's a receiver because Brandon Marshall, and that's not in reverse. Fuck. And now I'm way overthinking. They've got names flying around. I'm like Zach Galifianakis counting cards in the hangover. I'm like... Okay. All over the place. Let's put this again. He was a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He had a really good season for the Cleveland Browns. He was often injured. We signed him as somewhat of a reclamation project. His name, his first name, is the probably better known defender for the New Orleans Saints last name. And his last name oh, is... Oh, I know. God damn it. Um... Jordan Cameron. That's exactly who it is. So Jordan Cameron. Yeah, the it, concussions and shit. Yes. Yeah, we were expecting big things from him. Fuck. No. It was either him or Dustin Keller was was what I was thinking. Yeah, the only thing that the only person who got big things from Jordan Cameron was apparently Tiger Woods' ex wife because she is knocked <laughs> up at thirty nine years old by the thirty year old Jordan Cameron. And if Good this is not damn. a financial investment by Jordan Cameron, then I don't know what is. He's like, Oh my god, my playing career is over, my earning potential is down. What's the best way to continue to be rich for the next 20 years i know i'll impregnate one of the richest women in the united states uh, apparently he's been dating ellen 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 for the last two years they've uh, kept their entire relationship private but uh, it makes sense i mean i think they were living in south beach back when uh, she was married to tiger uh, she's from the area at this point and jordan cameron's got nothing else to do but uh but bang apparently so um yeah congratulations to the happy couple jordan cameron and ellen nordegren um Getting ready to have some children. Wow, good for him. I I totally was blanking on this guy. And, you know, it's funny. I just Googled Jordan Cameron, and the first picture on Google is Cam Jordan. <laughs> it's, yeah. like not, it's like, oh, my God. And they actually made a joke about that on the show, The League, um, where Ruxin was acting like he wanted to draft him, and he liked both players. And they both were like, which one are you going to draft? And he's like, oh, you know, you. And he's like, who am I? And he's like, you know, Cam Jordan, Jordan Cam. Like, yeah, yeah, it was real good. Good episode. So what's interesting about this is that uh, the in the picture that I looked at here, he, even Jordan Cameron looks confused as to how he was able to get Tiger Woods' ex-wife. <laughs> He's like, I did what? I don't remember that. My brain sucks. But, um, yeah, anyway, congratulations to them. So there you go. There's some Miami Dolphins news that yeah, just broke. It wasn't Donnie Spragan. It was not Donnie Spragan, as far or as Brock we know. <laughs> or not Brock Forzy either. Um so uh, that out of the way, we can go to the next one. The, ne- the next two that we have here, again, the Miami Dolphins news on June 13th, Josh Rosen slash the wild card. And we also have from Dolphins Wire slash USA Today, breaking down the contenders in the Dolphins running back competition. Which, uh, which one would you like to go? Let's do the running back one because that just seems pretty, I think everybody knows what the competition looks like. So, I mean, other than the back end guy. So let's get that one out of the way. Well, that's actually where this is going, because I think everyone assumes that, you know, Kenyon Drake been here four years now, which is actually hard to believe by itself, would be the incumbent starter. And I think right now, if you had to start a game today, he would be. However, it's not as cut and dry as everyone thinks. At least that's what this Hmm. article is saying here. Uh, Mainly because Brian Flores has already come out and said nobody is guaranteed a starting spot. Whether you're a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, you have to earn your stripes. Now, that could be a lot of lip service. More often than not, it is. But he's basically saying, no, you're going to go out there, you're going to earn it. And um, last year, Chris, without looking, uh, how many yards did Kenyon Drake have for rushing? Um, I'm probably going to six to 800 range. Yeah. He had 535 yards. 
Mm. rushing so now he was also also it did seem like more than that but uh just to put that in perspective alfred blue who was like the second or third running back for the houston texans had 499 carlos Mm. hyde who was at with the cleveland browns last year had 571 and then uh what's his name austin ekelar or whatever the heck his name is for the chargers now um or i think that's where he was last year had 554 so there's people out there that had more rushing yards than Kenyon Drake. And now that's not the end-all, be-all, of course. He wasn't well, we know the way. Gase, yeah, it was underutilizing him to the point where Drake was demanding a trade if he's going to be the coach still. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely something that um, uh, is a little bit skewed. And you also have to keep in mind that he also um, is pretty lethal when it comes to pass catching, right? So, I mean, he, he has additional yardage there that he can actually do. Um, and his all-time career is 286 rushing attempts for 1,300 58 yards and nine touchdowns. So uh, basically, you know, not even a full workload at that point of over his three years. That's a 4.7 yards per carry, which is pretty darn good. Um, but he hasn't really been used as a full-time running back. And I don't know if he will with Brian Flores, who, again, is coming from that New England Patriots uh, mindset of having four to five different running backs with different skill sets. So uh, the competition, if there is one, is going to be between Kenyon Drake and who else? Who do you think would be number two, according to this article, uh, that might give him a run for his money, so to speak? Well, I think the easy answer is uh, Kalen Balaj. Of course, that's exactly yeah. who it would be. And uh, he's got, got a fair amount of speed and explosiveness, of course, but uh, 6'2", 231 pounds. Ooh. Now, that is a big, a big boy. <laughs> that is a man. Uh, that is who should be impregnating Tiger Woods' ex- <laughs> ex-wife right there. Um he so the balls and Balage. So <laughs> Ball Age. I just realized his name is Ball Age. Um, <laughs> That's what we're calling him from here on out. Yeah. I also- oh boy, there it is. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna. Yeah, I'll have to bleep that out. I'll just cut that whole part. Out. I'll just cut that whole part out. <laughs> I was like, well, the secret's out. I- the leak has been, been uncontained. We will, uh, we will cut that out because we, we have a certain person very high up in the Miami Dolphins uh, hierarchy now that listens to this show, and I'm sure he would not appreciate that. Um, okay, so let's just get back to business here. So Kenyon Drake over his first three seasons, 4.7 yards per carry. Pretty damn good. Balaj last year, or ball age as we like to call him now, uh, 36 times for 191 yards and one touchdown, but that averages 5.3 yards per carry. Um, they're a little bit skewed because 75 of those yards came on one run. Minnesota, <laughs> But yeah. still, I mean, the fact that he can run 75 yards at that size and speed is pretty damn impressive and tells you what he can do. Um, now, recently, Coach Flores was asked about him, and he says, I've been very impressed with him. He's smart, he's talented, but he has a humility and a work ethic that I really like. He's doing everything he can, he can to really try to improve on a day-to-day basis, and you see the improvement. You've seen it from whatever he started on April 1st through yesterday's practice, and he's continued to improve every day. I look forward to working with him. He's a good young player. Now, that's a lot of praise from a coach who hasn't really praised anybody. Um, I'm pretty sure if you look at Brian Flores' Yelp history, he probably just gives the facts as to where the restaurant (laughs) is that he just ate. Like, hey, what did you think of this restaurant? (laughs) Well, I think it was on the corner of Townsend and Johnson, and I believe they're open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
and they have a happy hour that starts at 3 p.m. I mean, he's not a guy. He's very much a Bill Belichick, just the facts, ma'am, sort of guy. He doesn't give a lot of praise. His review, his reviews are decent food, five yeah, stars. And on top of that, Ball Age, as we now call him, has already come out and said he does not wish or have a desire to be a backup running back in this league. So he is taking a look at this and saying, I have an opportunity with the Miami Dolphins to really uh, maybe even supplant Kenyon Drake and be the go-to back, especially at that size and that speed. He definitely could be a guy that you're seeing on first and second down much more so than Kenyon Drake uh, and taking those you know beatings on obvious running downs. Uh, who would be third on your list out of all of the running backs that the Miami Dolphins have? So number one, Kenyon Drake. Number two, Kalen Balazs. Number three is uh, I'd, I'd say either Gaskins or Walton. It is Mark Walton, which is, uh, at least according to this article, I, and they didn't really put him in any sort of order, but the fact that they put him third uh, troubles me, and it makes me concerned that the fact that we only <laughs> have Belage and Kenyon Drake better not get injured. Our third-string running back might miss a game from a court Yeah, I appearance. mean, Belage might be out three to four <laughs> weeks with a hamstring injury. Mark Walton might be locked up three to four years due to, due to a robbery <laughs> you know, case. So we got to be very careful about this. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying we might be looking for some free agent running Yeah, look, back. the fact that he's running so fast with the ball, we might have to question whether that's the ball that's being used in the NFL or if he stole it from the pro store before the game and is trying to get away. We're not quite sure what's going on. <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing this scroll on the bottom of the NFL network at like 12, 1130 when all the inactives get announced and it says, Mark Walton inactive in prison. <laughs> prison. Just parentheses, prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Serving time. <laughs> Jesus He'll just, fucking Christ, that's our third string yeah, running back. Just, like his his jersey will just be teal and white stripes, you know, up and down. <laughs> He'll be in the longest yard fantasy football league. Yeah, my, my favorite part about this whole thing is that the comparison they use is LeGarrette Blount, who is another guy who was just punching people in the face and getting arrested. So why the fuck not? You know, three arrests in three consecutive months. I mean, that's not, that's like the Cal Ripken of criminals right there. He's just he's just keeping it going and consistently. It's like, what the fuck, Mark Walton? Which, by the way, the most unassuming criminal name ever, Mark Walton. Like, that's the name of a guy who's trying to sell you life insurance, not trying to take your life away from you. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? But Holy shit, that's yeah, great. But just, uh, just keep in mind that he's our third, third string running back at yeah. this point. Looking good. What a stats. Good. I mean, let's just let you know. Look, uh, last year with Cincinnati, he he uh, he had 14 carries for a whopping 34 yards. So uh, you know, we're, we're sitting. No wonder everyone has us at four wins for the fucking Miami Dolphins. He has to wear a visor because he's so used to looking at you like. through the glass. <laughs> It would be great if he actually like uh, lined up backwards because his hands were handcuffed behind, and he got the ball from whoever a quarterback's going to be like behind him, and he just ran that way. That would actually be a lot of fun to watch. That'd be fantastic. So, all right, that out of the way. That disaster. Uh, fourth. Who would be fourth on this list in your mind? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Gaskins, the rookie, the seventh round pick. You would think so, but that's not correct. Ooh. Apparently, somebody has jumped him. A gentleman named Kenneth Farrow. Oh, I didn't even know he was on the team. I didn't know Kenneth Farrow was a thing, let alone on this team. But apparently, uh, he was um, one of the top running backs for the Alliance of American Football that uh, went bankrupt after about five weeks. Oh, there, Chris. I do remember this guy. That's right. I remember assigning him as a big, not a big deal, but like he was like the bigger name, one of the bigger names coming from that league. 
Yeah, and uh, he did play for the San Diego Chargers in years past with uh, 60 rushes to his name for 192 yards. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered a season-ending season shoulder injury that put him on IR, and then uh, he wound up on the New England practice squad in 2018, only to be released in November, which is when he signed with the San Antonio Commanders, where he had 106 rushes for 372 yards and four touchdowns. So there is your link to why he's on this team. Uh, he was actually with the New England Patriots last year. Um, and I'm not going to question USA Today, but they're also calling Kenneth Farrow a LeGarrette Blunt type back. <laughs> wow. Which tells me that this is written by LeGarrette Blunt's agent. <laughs> Or this person has only watched videotape from the New England Patriots LeGarrette Blunt era. Uh, I'm very surprised as to how everyone is a LeGarrette Blunt type running back. But uh, I mean, hilarious anyway. that they said that about Kenny and Drake. <laughs> <laughs> He's a LeGarrette Blunt type. No. Um, so we also have a gentleman named Patrick Laird. Did you know that Patrick Laird was a running back in this competition? No, another insurance salesman, though. Yep, exactly right. He's an undrafted rookie out of Cal. And um, they don't expect much from him besides special teams. So that's what this report <laughs> and says. And there's no comparison to LeGarrett Blunt. <laughs> yes, exactly. LeGarrett Blunt, if he played special teams, <laughs> is, I think is what it actually says here. And then, of course, we get to uh, Miles Gaskin, the guy that we thought and probably should be third on this list behind the criminal, the oft-injured <laughs> guy who wasn't in the league last year, and the guy who's, again, trying to sell us term life insurance. Uh, after We're all never of that, getting Mark Walton on the show. <laughs> ever, ever. Ever, ever if he breaks down he's a huge star and he plays for us for years we are fucked <laughs> no the only way we're getting him on the show is if we somehow sit inside of his lawyer's office and then when he makes his one phone call we hit record and then we can get him on the actual show we get him cecil that. collins on the show <laughs> yeah and then lawrence phillips uh since we <laughs> talked about it being the dead zone anyway um all right so we have miles gaskin who apparently is worse than dog shit because he's behind the <laughs> everyone that we've never even heard of before. But um, he's 5'10", which is an inch taller than Kenneth Farrow, which if you don't remember who Kenneth Farrow is, just rewind a couple of minutes ago when we introduced him to the entire Dolphins nation that's out there. Uh, he's a little bit heavier than Kenneth Farrow, and he's a guy that, uh, what, would he play for Colorado, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Gaskins? Um, uh, Washington. No, no Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, Washington. Yeah, and he like yeah. had 1,000 yards every year. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he has more yardage in his college career than I think just about everyone on this list combined does in their pro career. Um, I, I think he's actually going to be a little bit higher up on this list than last. Uh, I think he's got a legit shot of being the third running back for this team behind Ball Age and, of course, uh, Kenyon Drake. I don't know if these other guys like Mark Walton um, and, uh, I don't know, Lance Zerline or whoever the fuck I said, Patrick Laird, who I think is the best friend of SpongeBob <laughs> SquarePants. Yeah, I think Patrick Laird is... Uh, the 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 co the the co you know co star of uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. I don't even know who the hell Patrick Laird is, but anyway, uh, that is just and again, this just shows you how dead of a time it is for the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. About Pharaoh and Patrick Laird. Yeah, I mean, people are just smoking peyote and being like, well, maybe Patrick Laird could be the guy who takes over the running back. I have nothing to talk about. But anyway, um, it was a good reminder. I didn't know that Kenny Drake only had 535 yards last year. That's I expected him to be close to about low. 700. Yeah. But I think if you combine you know, what he did in terms of pass catching as well, then it's probably a little bit closer to uh, that, that magic 1,000-yard overall mark there. But, well, it's uh, not that too is... bad either considering Gaze had him run twice a game. That's true. I mean, he got 535 yards on like four carries for the season. So, <laughs> so that's actually pretty damn good. 
It was like, uh, well, we're going to run the ball. Well, he got 110 yards on that. How did he do that? Well, I don't know, but we're not giving it to him again. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, ew. <laughs> Gross. I'm trying to get somebody out of here let, and go coach the yeah, Jets. Somebody go th- get let Brock Osweiler throw it to somebody else. All right, so there's, uh, there's article number two. So, so far, um, Jordan Cameron has knocked up Tiger Woods' ex- and we have somehow gotten three of our so we have knocked up and locked up so far here on this episode. We've got we've got former players who are um, having kids, and we have current players who uh, have been arrested three times in three consecutive months. Uh, the last one here is going to be from the Finsider, and it's just Miami Dolphins news here, Chris. This is how we're going to end the show on a positive. Hopefully, I'm clicking on the article right now. And it's a big picture of Josh Rosen looking like he's falling over, which is not encouraging <laughs> at all. That's the best photo they can get. <laughs> it's just like they're like, this is the best he's looked all camp. It's just him falling down. Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, basically, this was talking about, um, you know, last year's draft class of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen. And they are the headliners of the second year quarterbacks. But let's not forget about Josh Rosen. But then in the same exact paragraph where they're saying, hey, don't forget about Josh Rosen. They also say, by the way, Ryan Fitzpatrick is way outpacing Josh <laughs> Rosen right now. And it looks like it's going to be a no-brainer that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be your day one starter, barring some sort of other Miami miracle. Um, how concerned are you about Josh Rosen not being as good as maybe people had hoped so far into his small Miami Dolphins career. I'm not worried uh, at it, about it at all. Of course, Fitzpatrick's going to be ahead right now. He's a veteran. He's been around multiple teams with multiple offensive philosophies. And Josh Rosen is just now uh, with a new team, with a new coaching staff uh, who are very much detailed uh, and and want uh, one specific thing from their, their offensive scheme coming from the Patriots. And it's very disciplined and things like that. So I can see clearly why Ryan Fitzpatrick would be ahead. And it's not even a surprise to me. Uh, I just want him to keep getting looks. His confidence is good. He even has uh, come out and said it's not a competition yet because training camp hasn't started. So, so far, I mean, it's you know there's a lose-lose situation if he does well everybody's like well they're in shorts and t-shirts and if he doesn't do good it's like oh well the world's ending he sucks so he he couldn't win either way so uh, um as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick's doing cool bearded no-look passes Devontae Parker for eight yards it's going to get like 3,000 retweets um Josh Rosen's going to constantly be in the back background but that's not for the long term I have to ask about that no look, um, you know, eyes closed pass as well. I know everyone lost their shit about a week and a half ago when that happened, but has anybody asked the question why he did that? I mean, I haven't seen if they have, and if they have, why did he close his eyes when he threw the ball? Does anybody know? Like, I mean, maybe he's bored. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> fucking Jesus. I'm getting, I can't believe people are paying me to keep doing this shit. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to just like, no look at it. It's like me when I'm golfing and I'm on like the 10th hole. And I'm like, shit, there's still nine holes left. And um, I just decide to happy Gilmore my drive because it's just to do something different because I want to change it up a little bit. Like, I remember when, uh, I guess if you're going to do it, you want to do it in practice. I remember Michael Jackson, or Michael Jackson, um, <laughs> Michael Jordan, pardon, um, actually closed his eyes and shot a free throw and made it. Uh, and that was like a, during a game or a playoff game or something along those lines. So that was like, okay, it's Michael Jordan. He's allowed to do that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is by no way Michael Jordan. But um, it seemed a little odd to me. I was like, whoa, he closed his eyes and threw and completed a pass. I'm like, why the fuck did he throw his eyes? Is he so fat that his eyelids just shut down? Because um, he hasn't lost that donut weight yet from the off season. What's going on there? I, uh, has anybody questioned why he closed his eyes? Is that I'm going to Google that since I have Google open. I am going to find out why Ryan Fitzpatrick closed his eyes to begin with. 
in the meantime, Chris, just solve all of Miami Dolphins' problems while I uh, type this in. Well, in the meantime, I will mention David Johnson was asked again about Josh Rosen, and uh, David Johnson had commented on his Instagram post that he's coming to Miami that he guarantees he's going to be one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the league um, in the near future. And someone asked him, and he doubled down on it and said, uh, Josh Rosen, he truly believes he's going to be a, an incredible quarterback in the NFL. And that's high praise coming from a very talented running back in Arizona there. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has had nothing but great things to say about him as well. Um, so it, the hope is still there for Rosen. I mean, it, it, and it could end up being one of the bigger steals in um, modern Dolphins history, honestly, if it turns out uh, the way David Johnson has, has expressed about Josh Rosen. Um, I'm looking here. Nobody has asked the question of Fitzpatrick as to why he closed his eyes for that pass. Is that, am I to believe that? No. Yeah. I mean, look well, at our beat writers other than Joe Shad and uh, Cameron Wolf. Like it's a fucking joke house. Like it's just, there's just nothing to be said. Guys are already calling, you know, for jobs to be had and stuff like that based on OTAs and they're all holier than thou. I can't stand it. I just like, I'll just let it happen. Practice happen. And then I'll just like go to Joe Shad's tweets and just read them down and, in order and just be like, all right, cool. Because everybody else has these opinions and they're, they're, they're just complete asshole opinions. What, what is your thought by the way? Um, Cause you've been watching football for a long time and you used to, you may still watch like the combine. You may still do, you know, the mini camp reports and stuff like that. I don't do that nearly as much mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but what, uh, what's the thing that, you used to look forward to the most that you no longer really even pay attention to when it comes to the Miami Dolphins and, and football in general? I think, uh, God, maybe five or so years ago, maybe not even that long. I think it, just, it was it was this podcast, honestly. Um, it just really ruined <laughs> me. But no, um, like before the podcast, I, I would literally like refresh my Twitter and be just obsessed with uh, training camp updates like oh my god he threw a touch on Devontae this is gonna be such a great year and I just get so hype and I think maybe it's just the narcissism of um or or just like the pessimism pessimism of getting older uh, and living through this over and over again and the joy slowly going out of my life because I'm not a child anymore a young person uh where I'm just like this who fucking cares like it's not winning games um who cares that Kenyon Drake juked out fucking Jerome Baker for a 20 yard gain. Like it, it doesn't matter. It's practice. It's training camp. Um, and I think the thing that is the worst is I think liking players, like individually enjoying players, um, especially this whole Ryan Tannenhill thing that this whole last year and a half, uh, really two years after his knee injury and stuff. And it just him not being where we hoped he would get to. And, uh, supporting somebody like that because it's someone that you know we are hoping was going to do more than he did. You're just like, why? Do, he wouldn't care about me if he saw me tomorrow. Like, why do I give such a shit? And it's really just changed how I felt as a fan. I watch the games, of course, and love them. I host this podcast on Friday eves when I could do other things, <laughs> so I do love the team. But it's just like those little things, I guess. Um, it's also like I guess like the same feeling of being an adult on Christmas Eve. It's just it's not there anymore. The butterflies and the excitement. It's just like fucking whatever. Yeah, for me it was the combine. I think that was the first thing for me to go where I was just like, I don't give a shit about the combine right. anymore. I I can literally read these results later and still not even care. But if something crazy were to happen, I'm going to see it on you know 75 different highlight shows. I'm not going to sit here in the middle of the day and watch grown men in their underwear run fast, jump you know jump high, all that fun stuff. Now as a younger person, as a youth. 
I would do that a lot. I enjoyed it because it was like I thought it was like some sort of like super scout while sitting on my couch. Like, oh, this is the guy we need to get because he ran super super fast in the shuttle, you know, shuttle drill or some shit. Um, so I don't even pay attention. I couldn't even tell you the dates of when the combine is anymore. I can't believe anybody actually watches that. That's not being paid to watch that by some NFL team or you know broadcast. Uh, company that's out there so that's part of it i agree with you i used to watch the um read the reports on training camp of like seven on sevens in the in the red zone drill and stuff like that um i don't give a shit about any of that anymore and also um uh, preseason in general i mean i think the very first kickoff of preseason i get excited because it's like some sort of tangible football and then by the end of the first quarter i'm like what else is on yeah um now the flip side of that is there something as an adult after watching football for so long that you used to not care about that you can actually get excited about watching um, as an adult? Is there is there something that's changed and, and flipped where you go, you know what, I never used to like this as a kid, but I appreciate it now as an adult? Um, actually, honestly, it might surprise you, but watching other teams play. Yeah. Yeah, when I was, I young, when I was younger, I'd be like, Dolphins only. Like, that's it. I can only watch the Dolphins, and I would just, like, be bored out of my mind watching anybody else. And now yeah. I'm just older, and I really enjoy, like, good games on Monday Night Football, especially middle, late in the season when the games matter and they're intense and stuff. I think it's just because we we don't have those anymore. We don't right. know what that feels like. But also, it just I, – I let go of that uh, – I don't want to say, like – obsession with the dog yeah, i was obsession with the dolphins like specifically and it's like hey just enjoy football like i enjoy watching a random college football game that like the hurricanes aren't involved in if it's a really good stanford ucla game and it's a 40 point shootout like i'm gonna fucking enjoy the hell out of that when normally i would just you know not even have the tv on I would totally agree with you, and that, that, those are actually the two scenarios that I was going to say. Is um, Well, there, there's a third one, too, and it's almost the exact opposite of what you said with regards to individual players. Individual players on other teams, I can now root for. I used to hate them with a yeah. passion. If they weren't on the Miami Dolphins, it was like, fuck them. I hope they die in a fire, and I'd never <laughs> even piss on them to let them you know, go away and, and be put out. I can now root for individual players, especially if I learn something about their story, and I'm like, oh, damn, you know, he, he's got like an albino kid with a rude <laughs> eye. Like, I'm going to have to root for this guy now, right? So, like, I can appreciate individual players and hope that they do well. Um, I can also sit down and watch a Cincinnati Bengals versus Cleveland Browns game where I could not sit down and watch a Cincinnati Reds versus Cleveland Indians baseball game. You know Very what I mean? True. So I can, yeah. I can sit down and appreciate the sport outside of the Miami Dolphins, which I, again, with you, couldn't do. It was either I'm going to get up and watch a, a Dolphins-Colts game or I'm not watching football today. So my appreciation for the sport in general has actually grown outside of just being a Miami Dolphins fanboy, which I am, uh, of course. Uh, you know, Again, this podcast uh, is proof of that. But um, I'm 100% in with you that must be an age thing as you get older you just start to appreciate um other teams and just the sport in general for what it is as opposed to uh just focusing on your team all day every day well i think like days like today or like on sunday uh or or why i guess when i was younger i had more things to do and now it's like jesus christ i'd give anything to watch the ravens play the fucking seahawks like i would just give anything to watch those two the shittiest teams play right now because i'm just sitting here cleaning my gutters and like fucking game of thrones is over like everything just sucks on sundays now and you're like when you're younger you have things to do now it's just not so much i would you would give anything for a random fucking oregon state miami of ohio football game i'd watch it i mean you could you know talk to your wife and play with your kid (laughs) if you want no (laughs) absolutely not not today not on friday eves they know the rules Um, (laughs) this is my day (laughs) 
<laughs> this is my day, and there's no football on Friday's eves anymore, at least not until August. So anyway, uh, as well, we're out of shit to talk about. So unfortunately, I think the problem here, Chris, is that everyone who listens to our show is suffering from the exact same disease that we are. <laughs> they're going to listen to this because there's nothing else to listen to whatsoever, and they're going to hear us insult our third-string running back who's also <laughs> who's also got four <laughs> felony charges against them. Uh, they're going to hear us uh, talk about how Josh Rosen is already a bust, how a terrible concussed tight end somehow was able to put a dent not only in his own head but into the uh, vagina of Tiger Woods' ex-wife. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and, they don't teach that and, in school, sex ed. He's going to put no, a dent in a vagina. It would not be amazing if your sex ed course was just watching Jordan Cameron have sex <laughs> with Aline Norgren. And then at the end when he finishes, it just goes to a gif of Tiger Woods slowly fist-pumping. Yeah, and and Tiger's like, I don't care. I won the Masters. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, that would be, uh, and that, that that's how it should be. That's that's how June football podcast <laughs> should be. A little bit of sex talk, a little bit of criminal talk, a little bit of injury concerns for your fourth string running back that you've never heard of, and uh, you know, bullshitting your way until you contractually get to your forty minutes of content <laughs> that you have been told that you would do week in and week out, which you don't do week in and week out. But we are there now, Chris. We have done it. We have passed the marker here so unless there's anything else pertinent about the miami dolphins that you would like to talk about um we should probably shut the fuck up and let these people go back to doing whatever it is that they're doing with their lives sounds like a plan my man all right well with that said on behalf of welcome to perfectville.com you can find us on twitter at perfectville pod you can find us on instagram perfectville podcast you can like our facebook page perfectville podcast goodbye from perfectville later DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Bye-bye. <laughs> Say later again because I fucked up here. Thank you. Later. Later. There it is. Ball age. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. I would uh, I would just like to take the time. Barry Jackson is one of my favorite writers for the Miami right, Dolphins. Right, me too. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting because I did not know that he was a citizen of Perfectville. I, I hope <laughs> I hope that Barry Jackson's um, handle on 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 Apple Podcast is boobies eighty five. <laughs> that's who I hope Barry Jackson is because uh, he's clearly listening to the podcast. He's clearly um, writing articles based on the content that we came up with last week or two weeks ago, really, if we're being honest. Um, and I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I actually feel kind of, um, uh, endeared by it. So I appreciate the fact that he's, um, writing content based on the podcast that we have here. So I appreciate you, Barry Jackson, AKA boobies 85. We see you, we see you over there. <laughs> I see you fam. Yeah. Big boobs, boobies, big, big boobies, um, <laughs> Barry boobies, Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> booby Jackson. Wasn't that a, that was a basketball player. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Booby Jackson. <laughs> booby Jackson. There you go. He once scored 85 points in a game. There you go. Boobies 85. So anyway, uh, we're having a little bit of fun. Obviously, Barry Jackson came up with his premise all by himself, including the odds that we talked about two weeks ago on this very show. Um, but we're not shitting on Barry Jackson. We just thought it was interesting that maybe perhaps there's a link between Welcome to Perfectville and the Miami Herald sports column expertise, Barry Jackson. You remember when uh, Randall Sagaro stole like all of UniversalDraft.com's stuff and he said like an intern did it, but it was really him? Yeah, Armando did that, and then he did it again. Didn't he do it again to Travis on on an episode of? of yes. Or, 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 or no, it was the it was the schedule leak. Travis the schedule leak. He had it first, and he posted himself, and then blocked Travis on Twitter. Yeah. So Travis actually uh, when the schedule was yeah. You know what? We're we're gonna have I think we're gonna have Travis Wingfield from uh, Locked On Dolphins podcast <laughs> to come on here next week. This is a good topic for us to talk about things that the establishment is stealing from the new news. Uh, podcast again. One of the reasons why we started this is we didn't really believe the mainstream media when it came to the Miami Dolphins and what that was happening. And now we're actually seeing them start to take things uh, from the likes of you, I, and everyone else. So yeah, we'll talk to Travis about that because I think Armando did steal. Um, well, didn't steal it. Yeah, well, he stole it. He took he took credit for something that uh, Travis Wingfield was actually able to break. So we'll talk to Travis about that here before too long. And with that, we will actually say goodbye this time. So goodbye from Perfect Dog. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.